Welcome to Behavior Fit Radio, where we talk health, fitness, and behavior analysis. I'm your host, Nick Green. Welcome to the show. This episode is a Behavior Fit blog companion, and what I will do is read an older Behavior Fit article or an article I've written elsewhere on the internet, and I'll share some updates and thoughts as I go through the article or just whatever else comes to mind as I uh, work through the material. Uh, I hope you enjoy, and here we go. Okay, this is the first blog companion episode, and what I thought I would do is I'm going to start with my first uh, well, the first article will be my most popular article. Um, and so let me go ahead and look up the stats here. So I am pleasantly surprised that I have one article that receives a lot of traffic. And as of November 5th, 2018, my article titled, If Sitting is So Bad, Should I Stand All Day? And this article has, looking at two different numbers here, one says, 2,133. The other one says 2,684. So over 2,000 views of this article, it gets about uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 views a day, which is kind of neat. So um, here we go. So again, the article is called, If Sitting Is So Bad, Should I Stand All Day? And the real motivation for this article was to get at um, this whole notion of, okay, so Nick, with Behavior Fit, you talk about how bad sitting it is, how, how bad sitting is all day. So what about the opposite? Is is standing the opposite? Um, do I need to stand all day to counter the effects? And that was kind of the, the motivation here. And it's part of um, this blog is part of the, my, what I call the Know Your Guidelines um, series where I talk about just different uh, guidelines that are out there um, about physical activity, sitting, um, and things like that. Now, Okay, so now let me go ahead and uh, I'll go through the article. So, exercise, sitting, standing. This blog is the third and final article in the Behavior Fit Know Your Recommendations movement series. In the first article, Do You Need 10,000 Steps Every Day? I covered issues centered around the lofty 10,000 steps per day recommendation. In the second article, But Can I Sit at Work? I discussed what is to be done about workplace sitting. These past articles captured two key ideas. Step count is not as important as intensity exercise, that's number one, but serves as a general guideline for today's sedentary culture. And two, reducing the amount of time we sit is crucial for long-term health benefits. So here, um, we're talking about sitting and moving. It's all about what's in the long term. Like we know that smoking is pretty bad for us, but when it comes to sitting, um, you know, the health outcomes, they're going to be delayed, but we don't we don't ever know if they'll really, you know, um, affect our health. Just like smoking, we could smoke all the time and never get cancer. But we know most of the time, uh, most people do develop cancer when it comes to smoking. So now, back to the article. I will discuss the in-between, standing, its risks, its risks and recommendations. And I forgot to mention, um, if you want to go to the blog here, it's, uh, the actual website is behaviorfit.com forward slash blog forward slash if sitting is so bad should I stand all day but it's easy to find all right so subheading standing and standing desks for the office worker and many of you reading this blog you spend a lot of time in front of your computer just like I am now I'm reading this blog in front of the computer either sitting down or at a standing desk 
Even if you do not have an office job, at some point in time, you will find yourself sitting, lounging, or just hanging out. It's the world that we live in, right? Um, there's a picture here on the right. There's this cool, hip-looking guy in this shared space. The caption is, maybe this worker, this worker is on a sitting break. And that reminds me of, you know, a lot of the times when I'm on campus, um, out in the community, you know, I'm kind of known as the standing moving guy, and they see me, and they're like, whoa, Nick's sitting down. That's, I thought you're supposed to be standing. Well, it kind of, this article kind of gets to that. It's not about sitting or standing. It's about general movement, and, you know, maybe I am on a sitting break. Um, standing desks are popular, but are they just a fad? Are you annoyed with your, with that coworker who keeps going on and on about that new standing desk? Could be me. I could be annoying people out there. Popularity aside, a more valuable question to ask is, are standing desks really that important? So, if you bought into the whole sitting is the new smoking thing, then you need to know if there are any recommendations about standing. You may have had similar questions like many behavior fit followers, such as, are there any risks related to standing at work? Should you stand all day? Part of the day? If so, how much? Are you allowed to sit at all? Right? Is there a right way to stand? What standing rule should I follow? So now the next heading, standing as a tool. Standing as it stands huh, is neither sitting or walking, but it should be used as a tool to break up long stretches of sedentary activity. And here I have an inserted picture um, of a gentleman in khakis at Starbucks. You just see the um, profile from the waist down. The caption is, is regular standing a part of your daily toolkit? Good good question to think about when it comes to your physical activity and as it relates to what you're doing on an everyday basis. So, exercise scientists have figured out that standing falls in between standing and walking when comparing energy expenditure. And in parentheses, it may be easier to think this as calories burned. So, energy expenditure is the same as calories. This makes sense because more energy is needed to move more muscle, producing more movement. Dr. Mark Benden highlights in his book, quote, Could You Stand to Lose? And quote, that if you stand two and a half hours per day, then you can expect to lose 20 to 25 pounds in a given year. Not bad for standing roughly for 10 minutes every hour. So, you know, a lot of, I think, I'm not so sure if that would be a, a, a direct cause and effect there. Um, you know, just standing a couple couple extra minutes every day, every hour. I don't know if that's going to translate into 20 pounds weight loss, but it's, I think it's an interesting idea. Of course, we have the whole nutrition aspect, which falls in there, right? So you think about if you're eating a handful of M&Ms, that offsets the whole energy balance idea. But, you know, that's a discussion for another day. In fancy research terms, types of physical activity is categorized using metabolic equivalents or METS system. So fun fact the METs, what we're all what we're all familiar with when it comes to the general physical act activity recommendations, and there's a link there. Um, that's what everything is based on. So um, now, different positions, standing, sitting, or walking, burn different amount of calories. Exercise scientists have put together marvelous charts. I have a citation there, and thumbing through it, we learn that sitting equals 1.0 METs. So how? That's again. Think about calories. Standing is 2.0 METs, so double the calorie burn compared to sitting, and walking is 3 to 4 METs. So, and when it comes to this research, we look at, um, 
Uh, you look at uh, um, how many calories are burned, and they do this through uh, various methods with, you know, breathing masks, watching, ox- you know, measuring oxygen intake, um, and out, uh, I don't say outtake, but um, whatever, um, whatever the output there is with um, breathing, walking, moving, things like that. So it's all about those physiological measures that are um, that are affected, and they turn it into this MET scale. So again, sitting is 1.0, standing 2.0, walking 3 to 4 METs. So these numbers may not mean anything to you, but you can think of the comparisons as standing burns two times as many calories as sitting, and walking three to four times as many calories sitting. So now, research and the risks of standing. So we have two issues here which I outline. You have the long-term issues and the short-term issues. The first I will tackle are the long-term issues. So the risks of not standing very much. That This gets to a lot of the sedentary research. The findings in standing research are limited, but are similar to the what, to the what the, looks like I have a typo, but are similar to what sitting researchers have found. And they found this. Those individuals that stood more during work or free time had better health outcomes. They simply lived longer. So the more people that stood during their day, the longer they lived compared to those who stood less. Most notably, the study said, quote, standing may not, a, may not be a hazardous form of behavior, end quote. This is good information to know because the harms of sitting, and there's a link there, have been clearly established. And that gets to uh, the articles of uh, sitting is associated with a lot of long-term uh, health outcome associations, poor ones. So it is helpful to know that standing is an appropriate, appropriate replacement behavior for sitting. However, standing still, or in parentheses what I say, static standing, in parentheses, poses its own set of risks too. So now we get to the short-term issues. So now there are risks of standing still. We talked about the long-term risks, and now we're on the short-term risks. Anyone that has worked long shifts on their feet is all too familiar with the aches and pains that come with standing in the same place all day. So this is where you think about factory workers, hairdressers, my mom's a hairdresser, and grocery store clerks, bartenders, anything like that. Uh, Just a few of the basic risks of standing still, and there's a link there to another article. Let me see where that one goes. So again, the idea is that you're you're not moving your body. It goes to a um, a nice little paper from the Work Health and Safety Center um, through I think this is yep this is through a Canadian organization. So just good resources there if you're interested in the specific health consequences. But their general short-term risks of standing still are you're at a greater risk for varicose veins, swelling in the legs, sore feet general muscle fatigue, and stiffness in the back and neck. So these examples are mainly a result of not moving around and getting the blood flowing. So common solutions for these symptoms are walking to get the blood flowing and getting off your feet and resting legs, feet and back as needed. And this, the the feet and back there, that kind of makes me think of all the ergonomic solutions that are um, available in our office environment today. So um, if we are going to be standing still, we still need we need to be in a good position. So like right now, my monitor is right in front of me. So my neck is at a very comfortable angle. Um, if you get in a position where maybe you're a cashier or a hairdresser again, 
if you're always like looking down, that's going to take a toll and have those aches and pains associated with standing still at a bad angle. So when we combine the risks of sitting too much with the above standing research, we have a clearer picture of what our daily, act daily activity should include, and that is less overall sitting time, standing for parts of the day, and moving on a regular basis. So we've kind of been led to um, the next uh, round of standing recommendations, and this comes from a, um, an expert article here um, that was uh, released a couple years ago, 2015. I have a citation there. Um, so while there are no official health policies regarding standing, sedentary behavior authorities recently published this expert statement, and their recommendation is to Add two hours of standing time to your day. So this is if you're an office worker um, or somebody that sits uh, sits seven to eight hours for most of your day. And then you need to break up periods of the standing, the static standing, which we just discussed, every 20 to 30 minutes. Okay, so if you sit eight hours a day, you want to reduce it down to six. And then if you do the math, you need to reduce... Um, Let's see, two hours, and that turns out to be 15 minutes out of every hour. So for every 45 minutes you work sitting down, you should spend at least 15 minutes um, up and walking, moving around. So that's where I, ha I have a uh, another eight, eight ways to be active at work um, article. And um, that's just a, uh, a simple way to, or there's, sorry, there's a couple resources there that you can um, go ahead and see, oh, okay, if I have a standing um, if I'm at a meeting, can I stand for a little bit? If I'm on the phone, can I go ahead and um, walk around for this 10 to 15 minute? Can I read a document standing up? So I have a couple, um, couple different um, solutions there. So um, expert recommendations again, uh, removing, uh, removing two hours of sitting and breaking up that that static sitting or standing pattern every 20 to 30 minutes. Um, there's a book by Joan Vernikos that describes um, what is most important are the number of times you stand up. So not necessarily if you go walk around. So with a seated compute with seated computer work, meetings and conferences, simply standing up every 30 minutes is is valuable in and of itself. So it's the it's that transition from you're in a chair to standing up. So just think of it like an air squat. That produces um, benefits in her work. Joan Vernicos, she was a uh, she's a retired NASA scientist, and she looked at the effects of um, effects of space and no gravity on the human body, bones, muscle mass, things like that. And she did a lot of work what, with uh, research, what is called um, it's a, like a forced bed rest study. So people are required to not move. Um, as part of the research, which I don't think, I don't know if I could do that because you have to remain basically bedridden, not allowed to move up for, or get up and move around for a good, um, what did they say, for about six to eight weeks. And so we know um, from those studies that uh, the effects of laying down um, are similar to the effects of not being in gravity, which, which uh, results in less bone density, less muscle mass, things like that. So what you found was just getting up and moving around, just doing one standing transition um, is beneficial. Um, and here I have a, a behavior fit quick tip. So if you're stuck in a meeting or a lecture for a long time and cannot work around, do your body a favor and at least just stand up. Yes, it's going to be weird, but be the healthy weirdo. 
And after a while, people will start to join you, if not share this blog with them. So, again, this is where this the, the, the culture aspect of standing a movie um, plays a role here. So, that's the tip um, to break up that sitting pattern. So, if anything, I do it in my lab meetings. I'll do it in a in really any any type of meeting. So, once that 30, 45 minute buzzer kind of goes off in my head, I'm at least going to stand up, stretch my legs, and at least sit down if I can't stand. So that's just a little tip there. Um, the next part of the article here, I have um, I have a little call out for myself. So I, I created a standing initiative. You can check out Behavior Fit Standing Initiative by clicking the link. And really that's just an interview with individuals that have standing desks and you can learn um, why they got a standing desk, how their work has improved, what health benefits um, they've kind of achieved. So end of that self-plug there. So now we got we have the uh, short we have the long-term issues, short-term issues, standing recommendations. Now how to stand and work. So this is the this is the tricky tricky piece here. So the field of ergonomics does a tremendous job of figuring out how to put your body and limbs in an optimal position with the least risk for musculoskeletal disease. So these are these are those things like carpal tunnel, back pain, um, those diseases that are associated while you work. So they do a great job there. So in general, you want to keep everything in front of you and avoid any type of awkward angle that maybe you're, you put your body um, at, a, at an uncomfortable, unnatural position. So for example, if the monitor is too high or off-center, then you're going to create, you know, an odd angle for your neck to be in, and it'll create a pain in your neck. So what you want to do is put the keyboard under the monitor, place the monitor directly in front of you, and have a maybe have a document holder at eye level or a secondary monitor. We see that at a similar viewing angle, things like this. So um, I created an infographic um, to help you adjust your workstation, um, just with some key, just some key things. Um, I'm not an ergonomist, but uh, I've learned just through reading all this material that there are some key things that you want to um, that you want to set up for your um, for your workstation. Let me go ahead and I'll just list off those things right here. So I'm gonna go ahead and open up that infographic and make sure I just say them in the right order. I know them, of course, but I want to read it as it is presented. Loading, loading. Oh, it's not. I need to update the link. Okay, so we have media. It's actually the infographic will be on my media page, but the link is broken in the on that website. So, media page. Scroll down. We got webinars, videos. Go to the infographic, and you can download it there for free. I don't want your email address or anything. So, your standing desk tips here. Uh, your monitor should be at least 20 inches from your eyes, and these this is all based on OSHA, Occupational uh, Safety and Health Association. Uh, monitor needs to be at least 20 inches from your eyes. You need to be able to see at the top of the monitor. Your desk height, your pinch your elbows to the side. Your forearm should be parallel with the ground. Um, little comment there on chair and usage. You want to have a um, just a not too comfortable chair because that means you won't. You'll never get out of it. But um, there are some tips there on the chair. Um, other office issues. Um, look away from the screen every 20 minutes. Uh, Make your office light not too bright. In my office, I don't have the overhead light on, but I have a soft desk lamp off to my right, so the so the background wall is um, not dull and my eyes don't get strained. 
Um, and just, then I have the general movement rules, which we talked about reducing the sitting time, moving every 30 minutes. But a um, uh, few tips there on the monitor and your desk height. Um, uh, you can download the infographic. All right, back to the article. So, um, okay, so uh, in his book, Deskbound by Dr. Kelly Sturette, I'm a big fan of his. I took his mobility 101 course. Um, he's an expert in exercise and human movement. He describes a series of movements to help stabilize your body so you can work in an optimal position. So just think about you want to be in the most efficient position that you can produce the less stress and tax and aches and pains um, on your body. So while you can follow certain ergonomic guidelines and movements to be in any optimal position, you should not be in the position for too long. Again, that's that static standing issue above. So ergonomists do a great job. We get us in the most efficient position. There's no pains, fewest risk for back pain, carpal tunnel, neck pain. But once you get in that position, you need to bounce out of it again. So working at a computer should be a constant back and forth between getting into the optimal position and bouncing out of it again by stretching, walking around, and doing something else. So if you're going to be working static at a computer, you want to have it as optimized as you can, but um, you got to get out of it and move you know, every, every 30 to 40 minutes, um, just like we've been talking about. Um, so my final thoughts here on standing, just a couple, just a couple paragraphs. After a long stretch or entire day of standing, give your legs a break, right? That's that photo I've talked about earlier. They've earned it. Go ask any bartender if they need to sit down at the end of their shift. We all do important work on our computers and smart devices, but walk away from that position. Leave your desk periodically. Um, and I cover these issues in depth in an article that I titled Bad Desk. The dangers of a standing desk and that's that's the point like you get your standing desk you're good to go you're the annoying guy or girl that got the standing desk hey everybody stand but you still need to go ahead and take a break walk around so when we work at our computers all day it is essential to have some of the basics covered on how the working environment should be set up by discovering the basics we can increase the odds of a happier healthier and more productive work day um, and then here's a little tidbit about the infographic um, if you need help, um, you know, this is just a broad stroke that just think about if you or a friend or that person sitting on the couch or on a laptop, hunched over the screen for a couple hours, just doing something simple like standing up, putting your laptop on a bookshelf just so you can slowly shape your, your workstation to something more ergonomically sound, the better. So again, broad strokes, um, and it can, it can take a long way. So the key factor is this healthy outcomes is not about sitting or standing or any optimal position, but frequent movement. And that's what all the, the research has been telling us. It's all about that long-term uh, risk reduction and in the short-term, pretty much avoiding aches and pains. And remember this, I have this in bold. It's okay to sit down if you become that person like I have that now you're up and moving all the time and then somebody's going to see you and say, oh, whoa, you're you're not moving, you're not sitting. You You can just tell them, my legs need a break. I'm tired, right? It's okay. You got to have the balance. So it's just not, it's just, you know, you're sitting. It's just not all day and not for extended periods. I was at a conference and I have a friend of mine, um, uh, Byron Wine, if you're listening. Hey, Byron. Um, he, he saw me sitting at a conference working, um, which is just, it was just a snippet of my 20 minutes of that day. And he's like, hey, Nick, you should get up and move around. And I thought about it. And I was like, 
you know, he's right. I want to reinforce him talking about these things. I want him to make it more likely that he'll he'll talk about that. But I thought, you know what? I just got done with my workout. My legs are tired. I need to take a break, and that's okay. So it's okay um, to sit down, just not all day, not for extended periods. So I sometimes catch the stink eye from my colleagues when they observe the, quote, standing guy going to sit down. And gasps, gasps, <gasps> oh no, what is he doing? Blasphemy, it's okay, people, my legs need a break too. What they didn't see, I just said this, was that I had a heavy leg day at the gym, worked all morning at my standing desk, walked my dog, and walked to the office. So um, that's usually my standard Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, working out in the gym, walking around. Now I have a, a seven-month-old son. I'm up moving, using my legs. Um, that activity profile looks a little different than somebody who goes to the, you know, goes to work at eight o'clock and doesn't get up and move around until twelve. So, um, while, while, you know, while we're both, somebody passing by could see two of us and say, "Oh, you're both sitting. You need to get up and move." But what she didn't see was all the activity that went into those legs before that standing period or that sitting period started. So, um, last last piece here, last paragraph. There is a shaping process for building more activity in your day. It takes time for your body to adapt and get used to this new world standing, this new world of standing and frequent movement. So we all have to start somewhere. So maybe you can't go to um, two hours right away. Maybe you start at one hour. Maybe you start at a half an hour. I'm asking you to do new things. So um, give yourself a break. Give yourself time to adapt and adjust. Um, if you go from not taking any breaks all day to taking 10, maybe that's too much of a jump. So it's a shaping process, a nice behavioral principle that we're all familiar with. Um, you start with a small small goal, tangible, one to two breaks maybe, maybe one break every three hours and go to one break every two hours, whatever makes the most sense for you. Add one thing, then another, and you keep going until you're happy with your results. So that's all I have on this article. So keep moving, my friends, and um, you can feel free to contact me if you have any questions about the infographics, anything on the blog. Um, I have the list of references here at the bottom. This was a more academic, dense article, but it's my most popular one. Um, and that's all I have for this. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Nick here again. I just want to give a quick little update. I noticed when I listened to that uh, the clip you just heard, I made an error in two things. Um, one was MSDs. MSD stands for musculoskeletal disorder, not disease. In the clip again, I said musculoskeletal diseases, which is wrong. MSDs, again, that carpal tunnel, low back pain, neck pain, is an MSD, which stands for musculoskeletal disorder. And also, um, I don't know what was wrong with my WordPress stats or my Google Analytics, but before I talked about the stats being the most popular blog, which it still is, the numbers I was reading were way low, um, to my surprise again. Um, I quoted something between 2,100 and 2,600, but when I looked at the all-time uh, leaderboard stats, that article that I just discussed, Should I Stand All Day, has over 6,000 views. So um, the message is getting out there. People are starting to pick up on it, and um, it's exciting to see. So that's it. Just a quick little error fix, and um, thanks again.